What's up? Got a hot mic. How's it going? Happy Valentine's Day, as Corey said. How many know that uh, you are God's Valentine's? Like, you are his, his happy thought. You are his delight. Zephaniah 3.17, like, he delights. He rejoices in you. So, but he is the greatest uh, love on this planet, in the, in the cosmos and everything, right? So, kids, you're dismissed. Uh, kids, fifth grade and under, uh, you can be dismissed. If you're a kindergarten and under, you need to be checked in by an adult. Um, no Oasis Youth today, but stay posted for when the next one is next week, maybe. I kind of forget. Just check the Instagram. They announce when all the youth stuff is. So, um, man, we've been a family on a mission. While they, while they journey out, and uh, aren't the kids amazing? Like, man, it's funny. I'm going to be teaching on the 11 ways to worship today. Pretty excited about that. And uh, not the 11 ways, but 11 ways to worship. It's not, it's not just uh, held into that box. Uh, but as we're up in prayer before the service, we have a pre-meeting prayer and just gather in unity. The whole team that's up here and anybody that's going to be involved in the service today. And the kids directors are up there. And they're like, and I said, yeah, we're just, I'm going to be leaning into 11 ways to worship. And Emily says, well, the kids are going to be learning about four ways to worship and then taking that home to the family. So your kids are going to be learning the same thing you're going to be learning today. And we love when the Lord works that out. So this week you can worship together. But we've been a family on a mission. I want to highlight some things. Uh, Steve Bowen, are you in here right now? Steve in the far corner, can you just wave? He's our outreach pastor. He is the, the Go pastor. And um, we have Worship, Grow, Go, and it used to be Up, In, and Out. So Steve, he has, been, he has been a machine. And I know we highlighted a few weeks ago everything we did that week. Uh, with fire departments, and uh, he was training another church, and we, we gave, we blessed all the staff of Tip City Schools. Well, this week, we did a ton again, all right? We did things through the week. We had a love explosion yesterday morning, and then we have kindness to go today. So we, we don't want to just be so inwardly focused that we're outwardly bound. At the same time, we could become so outwardly focused, we're in, inwardly bound, and we're not healthy. So it's this balance of the worship, grow, go. So some of the things that we did this week is we delivered flowers and little gift basket things to seven different schools in Tip City. And Nicole, she got to deliver one of those, and she brings it into the receptionist. She's like, oh, great. Who's this going to? And Nicole's like, you. <gasps> Me? Us? We never get these. It's always for the students. So that was really fun that they got to do that. And yesterday uh, they went out. I know Tiana, she delivered uh, goodies and, and gift uh, things to the Tip Police, the Troy Police, the Miami County Sheriff's Department. And we just dropped things just to show them that they're loved. Also, the, Tro the Tip City Fire Department received a, a big love package this week. And then yesterday, I know they hit 49 businesses with basically gift baskets and snack baskets for their break rooms and just, just symbols of love, like no strings attached. You're loved. God loves you. You are, you are thought about. You are appreciated. And I know Ty said that she went to one place, and the lady just began to cry, just feeling love, just feeling moved by the compassion that we had just to show love. So this is our going. This is, this is going and making disciples, and, and that's opening doors to prayer, opening doors to salvations, opening doors to healing, and it's this amazing thing. But literally, we have no agenda other than to reveal Christ's love. Uh, so you're making an impact. You're sowing into this financially that's buying all this stuff, but you are the ones that are the hands and feet. I know Destiny and her kids came and helped, and Steve's been going out, and Nicole, and yesterday there was a team that went out. So we're looking for like a prep team that kind of does some of this and gets things ready for the people that want to go, because we know not everybody's comfortable with that. Uh, so we're looking for help, and they're going to be serving opportunities for that. But today, you all get to do this, and it's in a very non-invasive, no-pressure way. There's little bags of goodies out there, little, little uh, hugs. I think they're Hershey hugs or kisses or both. And, uh, and then there's vases. So as a family, just grab one, and if you're one of the last ones in the church, maybe grab a couple if there's a few left, and just give it to any random or intentional person just to show God's love to them today or through the week. So I know we're, we're, going, um, we're going somewhere today, and we, we got one as a family. We're going to give it to... Um, to somebody special that we know. So anyway, just make somebody feel loved. But we are family on mission, so very good. Hey, upcoming next couple weeks, uh, don't, you're not going to want to miss the next three weeks at least, 
All right, I'd say, like, don't ever miss a week of church. But if I wasn't up here every week, I'd probably miss an occasional week. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to fib. I'd probably hit that live stream every once in a while. So at any rate, uh, next week we have my friend Jamie Van Gelder coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who's going to preach. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you don't have to stay in within this context. We're in this series called Worship, Grow and Go, and we're on Worship. And he has a heart for worship. They started as a house of prayer in his living room. He was a worship leader at a large church prior to that of his dad's. Uh, so I'm excited. He's like, that's amazing, Aaron. I, I know the message I'm bringing. So we get to hear a message next week on worship through Thanksgiving. So excited for that. And next week, Catherine Mullins. Uh, she led worship for the Brownsville Revival. She's been part of a youth ministry that we were connected to when we were youth pastors called The Ramp and Beyond. So anyway, Catherine Mullins is going to be here in two weeks. And then the week after that, yours truly, Corey Wasson, will be preaching, uh, I believe, the timing of that. So anyways, we're on worship. And then we're going to go into the grow uh, after that. So anyways, today, um, I hope that you guys have been enjoying what you've been getting so far. But even just the last couple weeks... Uh, Nicole speaking on, on a message called Lavish Devotion, the heart of worship, the essence of who God is. Last week with Lydia, you know, talking about the intentionality of worship and, and the truths versus the lies and our experiences and, and how that builds and formulates how we worship. And, and there's no wrong way to worship, but there's different ways to worship, right? And our upbringing formulates that and, and this thing called authentic worship, being genuine and real, Right? And uh, so are you getting that the, the point of worship is more than a song? Anybody getting that the last few weeks? Good. So this week, um, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, and I'm going to just ba 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 because there are 11 points this week, all right? I'm going against all suggestions on preaching rules, on, on speaking rules that, you know, three to five points. No, there's 11 points today. So if you're a note taker, you better get your notes out. So but we're going to start in Psalms. All right, psalms are songs, they're hymns, they're, they're heartfelt adorations unto the Lord, mostly written by, by David, but not all. So we're going to start at a Psalms 100, and this is called a poetic song of thanksgiving. All right, Psalms 100, and then we're going to read Psalms 150. Basically, um, it's not going to be an expository preaching, but I literally could have taken the 11 points straight from Psalms 100 today and made this expository. So you can, if you're an expository fan and you're a teacher and that's what you like live for and that's what you want, then just say that, okay, this is an expository preaching message from Psalms 100. Okay, so Psalms 100 says this, and I'm in the Passion Translation. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Everyone, everywhere. Everybody say that. Everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, say serve. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing. Everybody say sing. Your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. For he is our creator. Say creation. And we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering. How many love the wording of that? Bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. I want to just quickly read this version of NLT in that same verse, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Many of us are more familiar with this language. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Verse 5. The passion for the Lord is always good and ready to receive you he's so loving that it will amaze you how many know like this is the heart of worship this is the heart of the father towards us it will amaze you he's so loving that it will amaze you so kind that it will astound you and he is famous for his faithfulness toward all everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every what generation such the heart of upper room such the heart that that our worship is not just for us our worship is not just a good sound our worship is not just a sunday morning expression but our worship is literally a lifestyle for everyone everywhere and it's for every generation we're a generational church right 80 percent of our church is made up of people under 35 or 40 so we are a generational church that we want worship to be more than a song we want worship to be this heartfelt thing that it's a lifestyle Worship is a lifestyle in our everyday life that we're, we just literally turn our affection and our adoration to God because he's that good. Let me get into Psalms 150, and then we'll get into some things. Psalms 150, the Passion, says this, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise God in his holy sanctuary. Say, in his sanctuary. 
praise him in the stronghold in the sky. Everybody say, praise him outside. Praise him for his miracles of might. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with the trumpets blasting. Praise him with the piano and guitar. Praise him with the drums and dancing. Praise him with the loud, resounding clash of cymbals. Good job today, James. Praise him with every instrument that you can find. I, I know there's churches that don't believe in certain instruments or guitars should not be in the church or drums or different things. I don't know about you, but the way I read this, it says praise him with every instrument you can find. Not condemning anybody. Again, what Lydia said last week, if you're raised in a church of quiet worship, that might be what you think is worship. If you're raised in a church like this with loud, crazy, a lot of worship, you may think this is the right way. They're both right, and they're both amazing. They both please the Father. Then it goes on to say, it says, praise him with every instrument you can find. Let everyone everywhere, there it is again, everyone everywhere, say that again. Join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. In this, this version that we might be used to, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Or some props to my upbringing, praise ye the Lord. Okay? It's for the King James people out there. Praise ye the Lord. Okay? So, so praise the Lord. Like We're going to praise him all the time, everyone, everywhere. And what I want to focus on is praise is not just contained into this building. Or praise is not just contained into that worship trap. It says praise him, everyone, everywhere, in the sanctuary and under the heavens or under the sky. Meaning everywhere we go, we get to praise. So this is more than just what we think worship is, is just with music. No, worship actually becomes a lifestyle in our daily activities and the things we recognize and the things we notice. And hopefully today, after today, you'll realize that in our daily walks, our daily lives, our daily grind, as some of us may call it, our grind as we're going out, we get to worship the Lord at our work. We get to worship the Lord on our drive to work. We get to worship the Lord as we wake up our children or, or as we go and get breakfast ready or whatever that may look like for each of us in our different ways, that we get to worship into, unto the Lord in all of this. So who? Everyone that has breath, right? Everyone, and, and where do we worship? Everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. So now uh, comes the how, all right? So you have the, the who and the where, now is the how. So I want to I wanna say why I did 11 ways. All right, I'll just be honest. That's the, that's the only number I could come up with. And, and I don't know about you, but that kind of messed with me a little bit. I probably have a little slight OCD. I'm like, come on, like divine numbers are 12, like 12 of covenant, all this stuff. I was like, why 11? I was like, ah. So I looked up the prophetic meaning of 11, because it's really all that I had on my heart through the last few weeks preparing this, was the 11 was, was significant. So I looked up, Nicole has this prophetic dictionary, and I get it out. I was like, 11. And it means this. 11 is the prophetic number for paradigm shifts. 11 is the transition number that signifies when one power is shifted from one thing to another. It's a government shift, okay? And it is between the number 10 of divine injunction and government and 12 God's rule of covenant and I believe this I believe there's been a divine shift of power and authority in our nation's government to where now our worship and our trust gets to be in the Lord I believe the number 11 today is significant that it is a divine number that we cannot depend on a man a government a political party or anything else and our worship unto the Lord cannot change regardless of who's in power who's not or what's going on in culture or not I don't want to ignore it I don't want to put my head in the sand and think that everything's great we have to be wise and know what to pray into and know we do not have to agree with everything or cancel things or change things right we are uh, the believers of Christ we are powerful and mighty However, our worship and our king that's on a throne, his name's Jesus, and that's the divine authority and power. So, 11 ways. First, music and song, all right? Psalms, and I'm going to roll through these, and number one, music and song, and then I'm going to give scripture to back it up. Now, I could have had a feast on the scriptures to back all 11 of these up, but for the sake of time, I'm going to give you one, two, a tops, three per one, all right? So, Psalms 96.1 says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth, who again? The whole earth sing to the Lord. Psalms 150, we went through, through the instruments. We went through to a song. Now, I want to just kind of paint a picture here that, that music is beyond what we like. At times, you come in here, and this may not be what you're used to, or this may not be the song or even the key that you sing in. Or, or you might think it's too loud, or you might think it's too quiet. Like, our, our joyful shout to the Lord is, is this sound, and in the Bible, you have these different instruments, and really, uh, symbolically, they meant something different. You'd have the dirge, 
Right, and the dirge was often played and, and somber, more mellow, even funerals at times. And then you had the harp and the flutes and, and these praise instruments that were celebration, right, and parties and, and praising the Lord. And there is this difference that if you notice through a set or through a worship song set list, you'll see that sometimes there's slow, soft, intimate songs, oftentimes singing to the Lord. And then praise is, is singing about the Lord. See, there is a difference between worship and praise, and sometimes the instruments and, and the, the, the atmosphere that's created and cultivated in that changes. And I, and I just want to elaborate on this just for a second, is, is that this intimate worship is singing to the Lord. Worship is for who God is. And praise, and we're going to get into praise and thanksgiving in a moment, praise is for what he does what he's capable of, what he's going to continue to do. So when we praise, we're celebrating, we're, we're singing about him. There's songs of thanksgiving, right? Worship, we're singing directly to him. Our worship is directly to the Lord, and we've been defining worship and altars and different things the last several weeks, and you can catch that. Moving on to thanksgiving and praise. Number two, thanksgiving and praise. Psalms 104 says it like this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We just read this. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. First Thessalonians words it like this. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. And then we get to Psalm 146, 1 and 2. And this is actually written by Haggai and Zechariah. And this is interesting to me, and I love this. It says this. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. My innermost being will praise you, Lord. Listen, we, sometimes praise doesn't feel good. Sometimes we don't feel like praising. Let me, let me elaborate on that. We don't always feel like praising. Just like Lydia said last week, you don't always feel like going to the gym, right? You don't always feel like praying. You don't always feel like waking up like, okay, Lord, let's read your word. Let's, let's dive in. Let's eat this book. You don't always feel like it, but we know in our innermost being, our spirit realm is hungry for it. We want more of him. So it says this, my innermost being will praise you, Lord. And we can like almost add a little side note. Even when I don't feel like it, I will spend my life praising you and singing high praises to you, my God, every day of my life. This has to be an intentionality to where we get to realize how amazing God is. I, I fully believe this. The greater our revelation of God is, the more we experience with him, the more, the deeper we go with him, the more intimate we become with him, the deeper our praise and the deeper our worship will be. You know, there's over 900 titles of God in the Bible. It's like 951, the last I, I knew as far as legit titles. Man, God is so amazing and so big and so capable and so way beyond our, our wildest imagination and dreams. So amazing that all of heaven and these living creatures and angels sing the same song over, over, and over in eternity. He's that good. He deserves to be recognized as holy for eternity by all of us forever. There's something cool about praise and thanksgiving. There's some freedom in it. There's this freedom of dance. There's this freedom of expression. There's this, there's this freedom and this joy in praise, right? <laughs> Worship's deep. Worship, I, you know me. Of all people, I, I, I'm quick to cry. I'm quick to be soft-hearted. I'm quick to be moved by Holy Spirit into tears and the gift of tears. But there is something amazing about the joy and the celebration of God. And sometimes, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm yearning for that celebration and dancing and shouting. Like, today we moved into that. I think it was like a third song or second or third song. And we're like, shout, yeah, woo! It's this amazing thing. And now we get to shout and be joyful and wild and free, right? Not all worship. And, and let me just say, like, first off, it's, it's amazing how we all have these different experiences and expressions and walk with the Lord. And some of us cry more than others. Some of us can worship for hours and never get bored. Some of us can cry for or, or um, pray for hours and never get bored. And some of us, it's like, man, 20 minutes is all I got. Then just give him all you got. It's this difference of like, you don't have to be able to be the ones that's like, okay, I'm going to soak for five hours. And I'm going to sit in his presence every morning. And I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. for five. Yeah, that, that's not me. There's conditioning in that, just like fasting, just like hunting in a tree stand. <laughs> Not everybody can go sit out in a tree in the cold for 13 hours like I can. There's conditioning in that, all right? And there's a lot of worship in that. Let me just be really real right now. But there's conditioning in this, and it's like, it, but see, the other thing is we can't judge each other's worship. So, oh, they're not crying, so they're not worshiping. They're not dancing, so they're not praising. 
No, it's, it's this thing to where, well, first off, if our eyes are on him, regardless if it's worship or praise, our eyes aren't on each other. It's this beautiful thing to where everybody gets this expression of worship and freedom. That's right. Amen. So next one, let me move on. Word. Because I've got like nine more points, okay? I can't elaborate this much on each one. Word. Hebrews 4.12 says this. There is worship as we dive into, as we meditate on, as we spend time in the word, as we, as we learn and, and even memorize the word. As we do this, there is, the word is the living breath. It is God, right? God in text. And Hebrews 4.12 says this. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. And it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. The word is this conjunction where, where life happens, where, where it's the spirit realm, it's the soul realm, it's the physical realm, right? And it all comes together and comes to life in us and through us and around us. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. That's the word, right? Next one, prayer. There is worship in prayer, that time. Let me, let me define prayer. Prayer is communication and time with the Lord. It's not always speaking out loud. It could be meditating. It could be time. It could be thoughts towards the Lord. Prayer is this deep conversation with the Lord. And we communicate through body language. We communicate through nonverbal communication, verbal communication. There's all these ways to pray, right? So Psalms 142 says this, Let my prayer be as the evening sacrifice that burns like fragrant incense. Man, for me, that's sobering. That's, that's almost convicting. Let, my, let it be my evening sacrifice and let my prayer, let my communion with you, Lord, let my conversations, let my communication with you, Lord, be as, as an incense of offering to you. And it says, rising as my offering to you as I lift up my hands to surrendered worship. That's prayer. We get to come into his presence. We get to be with our Father. We get to be with our Creator. We get to bless him, and he will always bless us in that, in that mix. God delights to hear our prayers. Revelations 8, 3 through 4 says this. Then the eighth angel with a golden incense burner came and took his place at the incense altar. I want us to focus on this. In Revelations, they're talking about these altars. Just a couple weeks ago, we, we talked on, on an altar and building altars of worship unto the Lord. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer up, consisting of the prayers of God's holy people, upon the golden altar that is before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the holy ones billowed up before God from the hand of the angel. See, I believe this, the altars that we're building up now, the wells that we're digging, but the altars that we're, that we're sowing into now will be the altars we get to dwell at in the heavenlies will be the altars that we get to dwell at for eternity. We'll be get the altars that we get to dwell at when things get hard. We'll be get the things we get to pull from and the history we get to walk from when a challenge may come, when a circumstance may come, or when a dry spell may come. How many of you in your spiritual walks have ever had a drought? I've been there. Been walking some of that even recently and some of the frustrations and some of the issues going on around us creates these frustrations in me like, God, what... What are you doing in this? What are you doing about this? What, where is the justice, right? Well, I believe this. There's, we've preached messages on wells, digging wells with the Lord, that history with the Lord, that, that experience with the Lord, and then we draw from that in those dry times. I believe the same thing is the case with altars. When we're building altars of worship, altars of prayer. Let me move on here. Listening or to listen. Ways to worship, listen. How many know, I, we tell our kids this, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should be twice as good listeners as we are speakers. All right, a good communication. I've taken communication classes, and part of my, my courses in college was, was communication, right? 60% listener, 40% speaker is a good communicator. No more. Many of us, we won't shut up long enough to hear wisdom. We won't shut up long enough to hear counsel or, or pull from somebody else or even hear from the Lord. I know in my house I'm not allowed to say shut up. They're all in class. Oh, sorry, Olivia. My apologies. We don't say shut up in our house. So at any rate, we need to listen. Psalm 4610 reminds us of this when it's mentioning like be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that he is Lord. Be still. Be slow to speak. Quick to listen, the word tells us. Right? Part of knowing God is being still. 
if music, prayer, and praise, and thanksgiving, and confession are us speaking to God, then listening in some of these other ways is his ability to speak to us, and that too is worship. Give, giving. Now, now Corey pretty much speak, spoke my entire point on this, but I want to give you some scripture reference about giving, and then I want to get into beyond just money. Like, we start to get a little weird in the church when they talk about wanting our money. <laughs> well, that's because our perspective is, is that it's our money. It's not ours. It's all God's. So if we get a little protective over it, then we should probably release it anyway. Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring all the tithes to the storehouses so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it. And it says, try it, put it to the test. This is one of the few times that God says, test me in this and see if I'll do it. Test me. We get to test the Lord. We get to go on this wild, crazy journey to see if we can outgive God and see if he's actually going to provide if we surrender our obedience and faith. Because that's simply what giving is. Simply giving is an act of obedience and faith, trusting that it's all God's and he's going to provide. I believe I heard on the live stream last week, Nicole was saying that if we get this perspective that 100% of it's his, that he'll do way more with his 90% in us than if it's our 100%. That is such a good perspective in these pies, and if you look at it as a pie, it's all the Lord's. Like, he's giving it to us to steward, and the Bible says often, like, if you do good with little, much is given. Let, let, me, let me march on here. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Now, let me just be honest with you. We are very blessed here. We have more than enough to do what God's called us to do at this moment in, at Upper Room. And the moment we run out of that, the moment maybe his idea for upper room's over. But either way, it's his, and we're trusting, we've given it to him. Lord, you want the doors open here? You provide. You want us here in Tip City, Ohio? You want us blessing this region, this state, this nation, the nations, and beyond? Then you provide. Otherwise, it's all yours. We'll figure it out. We'll move on. There's other great churches out there, right? So we don't need you giving out a religious duty, and God doesn't care much about the amount as he does the attitude. Let me, let me carry on here with this. Not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. Because all because God loves hilarious generosity. Amen. I put that in there. I did passion translation on that. Because I know we're used to saying God loves a cheerful giver. That's most versions say God loves a cheerful giver. But this says he loves hilarious generosity. Meaning we get to just give it and see what the Lord's going to do and how he's going to multiply it in us, in the church, in the kingdom, and spread out to seven different schools and three different police departments and, and 48 different businesses, right? We get to say, we're going to sow into this and we're just going to see what God's going to do. And we're going to sow an offering into this person or into this need or into this other ministry here. We're going to sow offering there. But we're going to bring our tithes into the storehouse and we're going to see God touch generations and our kids and the kids' 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 kids'. kids, 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 kids. Let me read one last verse here with that. Proverbs 3, 9, I'm at least just going to reference it. It says, honor God with your wealth. Chloe, she, was, she had to do a class project and write something for school. And uh, she, what she wanted to be remembered by. When she dies, what does she want to be remembered by? And she, one of the things she picked was generosity. And I want to be rich. So that I can be generous. That's what she said. She's like, I want to be a missionary. I don't want to be generous, and I want to be rich so that I can be generous. I'm like, I have a, I have a friend in Chicago who pastors a church, and, and we've had these deep, fun conversations, and JD's like, yeah, I want to be a millionaire because I want to radically change the world, and I want to sow into the kingdom and see what God can do through this. Let me just say, it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. Okay, the love of money. Money itself is not the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money and what we're putting first and what we're serving. And one of the verses I was going to pick today is who picked this day, which master, who you will serve. And the Bible talks about the love of money. Money itself is neutral. If I take a dollar bill, if this post-it note was a dollar bill, it in itself is neutral. It has no good, evil, or any quality about it. But put into the hands of the right heart, it does amazing things. It could feed the hungry. It could take care of the poor. It could bless people with roses and, and hugs, right? It can do these things. Put into an unrighteous person for evil intention, it could, it could kill babies. It could hire prostitutes. It could, it could buy drugs. It could do so many bad things. Money itself is neutral, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let, let, me, let me move on here. 
So when we worship God through our giving, you're saying, God, all I have is yours anyway, and I'm giving back. Now, I want to just focus and move on to the next point here, but it's not just about the treasure. It's also about our time and our talent. It's God's anyway, and we get to worship through serving. We get to worship in our giving, and we get to trust the Lord in this action of worship. Now, we trust the Lord that God will even multiply our time as we serve. When I first got into ministry, uh, I, I was juggling full-time jobs several different ministries at one time I was doing the church budget we were I was leading the building project here my brother and I and uh, still pastoring the youth helping transition uh, with the church as my mom had passed away during that season and I remember calling my good friend Nathan Dalton and saying man how do you do this like I'm burnt out I can't I can't do anymore and he, he just referenced Matthew 6 33 and 34 and it's if you read that chapter it's also referencing birds he says, are you not more important than birds that I'll take care of you? Birds don't worry about their next meal and where it's coming from. Why would you worry? But Matthew 6, it says this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all, everybody say all. All these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. We want to get caught up in this worry. What are you going to do? What, what about this? What about her? Listen, it's not up to us to worry. So as we're giving to the Lord, whether that through time, talent, or treasure, it's all His, and we're doing it, and we're just being this, given this opportunity to steward. So let me get into serving. Next point, serve. I didn't number mine, so I have no idea what number we're on. So we'll get there. Seven. Seven. Go late. I got to hurry. Got seven minutes and 42 seconds for point seven. So, Galatians 5.13 says this, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. How many of you are glad we're called to live in freedom? Regardless of what's going on around us, we are called to be free sons and daughters in Christ. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Don't serve yourself. It says, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in what? Love. We get to serve one another in love. Serve and worship, did you know, is oftentimes the same word used interchangeably in the Bible. I don't know if you realize that, but in the translations, oftentimes, serve and worship are used interchangeably. Service is worship. Service is love dressed in work clothes. They're using note takers like Jared. I'm going to say that again. Service is love dressed in work clothes. Romans 12.1 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will be accept find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Present yourselves as a holy living sacrifice. We get to serve in our home. We get to serve in our lifestyle. We get to serve in our workplaces. We get to serve as dads or, or even moms as providers, right? We get to serve in the daily lifestyle. We get to serve in the body. There are tons of serving opportunities here, and we need you. This is a family, and families pitch in to help. We need help in media and kids' areas. We, we need help, and we need you to serve. Let me, let me move on to this. We get to serve in everyday activities. That's number eight. Worship in our everyday life. We had uh, Rick Pino here leading worship with us a few years ago, um, a couple years ago, and we had a workshop and a Q&A session. And I don't know who were there, and if you remember this, but one of the guys in the room says, how do you spend time with the Lord? How do you worship? How do you get that time with, with kids and traveling and everything that you're into and the school that you have? And he says, he says this. He says, I do the dishes, I change diapers, and I take out the trash. That's how I worship. And we're like, huh? He's like, I do everything unto the Lord, and I don't get the luxury of having four hours every day to soak in God's presence and to worship and to write songs and to do all this every day of my life. He said, but I got kids, and I got a wife, and when I'm on the road and I get home, she expects me to be engaged with the family. And I serve unto her, and I serve unto my children. And as I'm changing diapers, I'm thanking the Lord for my children. As I'm doing the dishes, I'm thanking the God for food on our table. And he said, that's how I worship. I take those moments of my everyday life and the mundane activities, and I turn it into worship so the mundane activities aren't mundane activities. It's worship. I was like, that's amazing. So now, ever since then, when I take out the trash, I'm like, worshiping you, Lord. Thank you. A couple weeks after that, I talked to my good friend Joel Reichlin from Bethel, Cleveland. 
And I said, man, what, what's the hardest thing? He had lost his wife to cancer. And, and I said, what is the hardest thing? He said, Aaron, the hardest thing is that I no longer get to serve her. I was like, wow. He said, I would complain about taking out the trash. I'd complain about emptying the dishwasher, having to fold the laundry. He's like, now I don't get the opportunity to do that in the same way I got to do it when my wife was alive. Worship unto the Lord in our daily grind, right? So being faithful in the small jobs that he's given us, he'll, he'll make us faithful in the big ones. Worship should be a specific time in our day and our week that we set aside to spend time with the Lord, but it should also just be our lifestyle. The heart that turns to God through the day in praise, prayer, and service is a heart that is daily worshiping the Lord, and he deserves all of our praise. Let me move on. Nature. All right, I love this one. Nature. Psalm 19.1 says this. God's splendor is a tale that should be told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story every day through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Listen, it's his creation that we get to enjoy his beauty. When I'm sitting in a deer stand, I really don't care about killing an animal. No offense, okay? I, we eat them. But I'm enjoying the cardinal that flies by or the pheasant that just comes out of nowhere and this beauty that the Lord has created as I'm walking through the woods, as I'm walking. I remember coming back this last trip with, to Nicole, and I remember saying, there's something so magnificent. I was in Wyoming. And as far as we could see, like an ocean out there, we could see mountains without a house, without an electrical line, and as far as we could see, and we are just, we are going from valley to hilltop and valley to hilltop, miles and miles. We hiked nine miles our first day, and we're going through these crevices and cracks, and we get up, and we, we take a water break, and we're just sitting there, and I just remember experiencing the Lord's beauty and worshiping him in this moment, that as far as I can see, you created all of this, Lord. That I'm this little blip. Literally, we are these little blips in this great big world. And then when I've been in these places like New Zealand, and as far as you can see, you can't see any signs of human, humans. That was weird how that came out, okay? Can't see, but yet you're just seeing God's beauty. You're seeing his creation, his, his creative side, and, and his majestic ability. And he put it all in here in six days. It's amazing. We get to worship him and through creation. And let me just say this. Don't let the rocks outdo us. Luke 19, it talks about that, if, that the rocks will cry out to worship if we don't. Don't let the rocks cry out more than we're crying out in worship. Moving on. Confession of sin. I got two more. Confession of sin. Psalm 51, 16 through 17 says this. We get to worship and confessing our sins and receiving his forgiveness. That is... That is a, a, an act of worship Psalms 51 16 through 17 says for the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I may offer you the fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you you will not despise my tenderness as I humbly bow down at your feet God's pleasure comes from our tender-hearted brokenness and humility when we're admitting our faults and we're, we're realizing that he is the source of forgiveness. He is the sor source of freedom. He is the source of sanctification, right? In this worship of humility, in this act of humbling ourselves before him, all of a sudden now our freedom comes in this act of worship. The next one that's somewhat attached to that is forgiveness. This is the last one. Forgiveness gives us this, this opportunity, and Paul references this in, in even forgiving and authority and different things beyond in Romans 13. Also, Jesus demonstrates this uh, as, as in, in, I believe, John 19, where it's Pontius Pilate, and he's, and he's addressing Pontius Pilate. And then even when Jesus went to the cross, he says, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. He's, what's happening in this act of worship and forgiveness, we're releasing God of our bitterness, our issues, and we're giving it up to him in worship and letting him be in control of it. We're surrendering our bitterness, our unforgiveness, our issues, our, our oughts, our concerns, our, our things, right? Our whining. <laughs> they did that to me and they did it for what happens is we get to offer this up in an incense of worship to the Lord because it's all his anyway. When forgiveness becomes worship, the offended person humbles ourselves, we honor and we confess to the Lord, and all of a sudden, judgment and trust and everything is bestowed on the Lord, of which it's his anyways. 
Matt, you can come on up. I, I believe this. Worship is something that we can not just go to, but it's something we can come from. And I believe that's, that's, that's the gift of salvation, is we're saved. Steve Bowen puts it like this. When we're saved, we're saved from something to be saved to something. In worship, all of a sudden, we're saved from ourselves. We're saved from thinking about ourselves, thinking about our daily life, our mundane activities, our fears, or whatever it may be. And now all of a sudden, our adoration and our hearts and our affection shifts to the Lord. And now it's not about me, it's about Him. And in all of these 11 ways, I want to challenge you this week. And, and as you go through daily life, this message is called Lifestyle Worship. That in our daily lifestyles, we get to worship and do unto the Lord. There's a verse, I must have skipped over it, that says, everything we do, do unto the Lord. That's, that's our worship to the Lord. That's our ministry to Him. In all of these ways, it's ministry to the Lord. I love the, the growing and ministering to each other here. I love the going and ministering out and outreach and evangelism. I, I love that. But there is something so sacred to God's heart and something so special that worship is the only way and giving and serving in these areas are the ways that we worship and we minister to the Lord and his heart. It becomes that, it's this shift, that, that, remember that paradigm shift, that governmental shift, that covenantal shift from us to him. So I want to challenge you in that. So I'd love to pray for you that our worship will become deeper. That, that in the everyday life, in these ways and beyond, that we will find a creative passion, a new wave of zeal to praise and to worship and to come to him with thanksgiving. And that we're not just bound into this box of music or bound to this box of, of tithing and maybe that's the only way we knew how to worship for those two areas or serving or giving. But man, when I'm, when I'm taking out the trash, when I'm, when I'm driving to work that day to go to a job that I really don't like just to provide for my family, when, when I get to wake up that day, whatever your lifestyle is and whatever it is, maybe you're just making breakfast for yourself and you live alone and man, you man, you've got food on your table. You've got a house that's got heat right now, and that's going to be very important in the next few days. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you that I can give you this time and this day. So I want to pray for you, and then I want to do just a ministry activation and just end in a slightly different way. So Lord, I thank you, Jesus. And, and Lord, I pray that you cultivate our worship to go deeper to broaden our horizons, to broaden our perspective of what worship is. That worship is more than a song. That worship is, is an affectionate heart, humbling ourselves before you and lifting you up, Jesus. That, Lord, worship isn't about us. It's not about our circumstance. Worship isn't about even what you can do, but worship is just simply who you are. And we also get to praise and come to you with thanksgiving and, and serve and, and just, just serve others and serve you, Jesus, and give. Lord, let us, let us give of ourselves to you. Let us offer up incense on, incense on, your, on your altar. Let us confess our sins. Let us, let us be humble and let us be quick to forgive others. Let us be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let us receive our inheritance from you. As we're sitting up there in the prayer room before service, the Lord reminded me of this thing that happened to me this week. Um, and as Corey's sharing that story, that was the confirmation, because I too have a tree story. My grandpa, he had, I think it was a lilac tree, and he had a small property in Piqua, and he had moved from a farm, and, but he had this, like, like snapper tractor like you see in Forrest Gump it was just like that one so and I knew he loved his bushes and his trees he had fruit trees as well and a pear tree and different things and he's like just don't hit the trees and he's teaching me how to do this tractor and it's very simple now I'd be able to hop on it and have no issues but at 10 years old I'm like man that looks hard but I had this holy reverent love adoration and fear of my grandpa okay he's like do you understand how to work it Aaron yes I had no clue He's like, okay, are you sure? You, you feel sick? Yes, I'm fine. I'll do it, Grandpa. And I didn't want to ask questions. I felt embarrassed to ask questions. So then I'm, I'm, I'm driving through the yard. Things are going great. I'm, I'm feeling like a pretty big boy. I'm like, that's right. I got a tractor. And Nicole thinks it's sexy. No, I'm just kidding. So 
went country on there for your second, but I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I'm heading towards the lilac bush. And I'm like, no, 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 and I can't turn. I put my foot down. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop this tractor. I put my foot down. The deck rolls over my foot. The blade hits my ankle, and it shuts off the engine that hit it so hard. And my dad probably remembers this. And all of a sudden, I'm laying on the ground. My foot's caught between the deck and the blade. And, and it's bruised and it's mangled. And, uh, but the Lord protected me that day. I had a sprained ankle. It did not cut it off. And the deck rolled up and over my foot. So this week, it has nothing to do with this week. But I just remember, like before that, the innocence of a little boy is where I'm going with this. I downloaded a movie. I was bored. It was Thursday night. I was kind of in bed early. Fridays are a little bit more laid back for me. Thursdays are usually my Fridays. So I was laying in bed, and, and I, I remember my favorite movie of all time. I've only watched it once, and I watched it when I was 11 years old. Is A River Runs Through It. All right? And it's a good movie. But as I laid in bed and I watched this movie on Thursday night, and I watched at least an hour and 20 minutes of it. I'm not all the way done yet. It's only the second time I've ever watched it, but... That movie got me into fly fishing. I love to fly fish, and I've not fly fished since I was about 20. Nicole got me a fly rod last year because I want to get back into it, and the two that I had broke in the move, and Steve gave me one, and it happened to break as well. And I feel like the Lord wants to restore some things today. He wants to restore fly fishing. He wants to restore boyhood and girlhood. I'm laying in bed watching this, and I'm watching, honestly, some of the perversion that's in this movie some of the vulgarity and, and even the, the profanity. And I'm like, I watched this when I was 11 years old. I'm like, wow. I would never let my kids watch this. There's way too many adult things in this. So I'm watching this, and, and, and I just remember thinking, and I just said to Nicole, I miss being a little boy. I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a lieutenant at a fire department, I'm a pastor of a church. There's all this weight, there's all this responsibility. There was a moment on Thursday night where the Lord just took me back to boyhood before things had been perverted in my life, before harmful things had happened to me, before life choices and life's heaviness sat in. And I just said to her, I miss being a little boy. Up in the prayer room today, I just feel like God wants to restore little boys and little girls here that have a great big dad. That would be his Valentine's Day gift to you, his love, his adoration for you. I know we're talking about worshiping him, but I think many of us have gone through life and there's been traumatic things, and maybe for you it was a divorce. Like as your parents got divorced, maybe something happened. Maybe for you it was a bad choice in high school or doing something you shouldn't have done. Or maybe for you it was just something to where something came in. The enemy took away some type of innocence and purity. And that, that feeling of just being a little boy or a little girl where you can just dance. Where you can pretend to be that superhero and not care what anybody thinks. And I just believe whether you're watching online through the week or here right now, I believe the Lord wants to restore little boys and little girls. I believe he wants to restore, restore identity and purity and innocence. And I believe he wants to take the things that are broken like fly fishing poles and restore them and make them new and upgrade them so that you can be launched into the destiny that God's called you to be and quit being walking in the shame. It may be sin that got you there, but God forgives it and it's a shame that keeps us there and he releases us from it. So I just want to give you the opportunity. If you, if you want that blessing right now, if you want maybe the spirit of adoption right now, if you want that, that thing of just that, that innocence and that purity and that freedom that you don't care what anybody else thinks, I want you to stand right now. And I'm going to pray for you. Just stand. If you want that, 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 that environment, that safety, that freedom of being a little boy or a little girl, or if you're here or you're watching online right now, just hold your hands out. I believe God's restoring something right now. I think he's doing something really powerful in identity. Listen, it doesn't matter where you've gone, what you've done, or how long you've been there. It doesn't matter if, if it happened to you or you made a choice to do something. God's restoring something right now. So just hold your hands out. Just like me on Thursday night, 
I miss being a little boy. I don't know yet the depth of what that means or if it's the responsibility or the pressures or the issues that have happened in the past. I don't know. But God's restoring sons and daughters back to the Father today. God, I thank you for the spirit of adoption that you promise in, in so many times in your word that we can cry out, Abba, Father, and you love us. So we cry out right now, Abba, Father. We cry out as sons and daughters, Abba. I pray for the, for the reconciliation of sons and daughters back to you. Little boys and little girls, innocence and purity, God, and righteousness and hunger, that you remove all shame, that you forgive all sin, God, right now. That's who you are. You're a good father, Jesus, and I pray for a radical impartation of your love, of your sonship and your daughtership and the spirit of adoption in Jesus' name. I just want you to just picture the Father in heaven. And I want you to picture his embrace right now. And we're just gonna take a moment and just kind of marinate in this. I want you to picture him hugging you as a dad right now. But I thank you. Thank you for your embrace. I thank you that you've canceled trauma in Jesus' name right now. You've canceled tragedy in Jesus' name right now. You've taken things off of lives and hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're a good Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just like that picture of what Corey shared, that man who's who offered mercy for the first time, even through a mistake, even through maybe not being intentional on what he was doing. And the God's grace, the Father's grace and mercy are so much bigger than anything we've ever done, any place we've ever been, any mistake we've ever made. And let me just tell you this right now, he loves you, he adores you, regardless of the junk you've been through, regardless of the things that's happened to you, regardless of the things that, that you've even done and, and even made the conscious decision to do, God is way bigger than that and he is so in love with you so proud of you. Listen, let me just say this right now. You're here. You're here today. Nicole preached a message years ago, and I remember it. If you're here, you're winning. If you're here, you, you've won. You've come this far. Look where you've come from. Look, look at the adversity that you've faced. Look at the, at the obstacles that you've come through. You're here. Not that we've arrived, but we're here. We're not where we used to be. We may not be all the way where God's called us to be because we're not perfect yet. We're not where we used to be. God loves you. God loves you so much. He's in love with you. Man, we've got prayer teams and uh, they've got some badges and they're gonna come up and pray. So let me just um, say this. If you don't understand what it is to, to have uh, salvation or or know the gospel, the good news of eternity. We'd love to share that with you. We'd love to uh, help you make the best decisions you've ever made in your life and start this journey with the Lord. If you need healing in your body, if you need a sign or a wonder, if you need something in a relationship or whatever need that you may have, our prayer team members are going to be honored and absolutely pleased to pray with you and lead you uh, to Jesus's mighty power and work. So we love you. God bless you. May he shine his face bright upon you. May you be the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower, right? Blessed in the city and the country. Blessed in this, um, this vortex that might be coming in the cold weather and the warm weather that is absolutely here to come in a few weeks. So we love you guys. Be blessed. See ya.